On today's episode of the John Campy Show podcast, Marvel has announced that they are not going to be in Hall H at Comic-Con this year. Also, the new Sony Spider-Man spinoff film, El Muerto, has been pulled from the release calendar. Should Pixar films just consider going directly to streaming, considering the struggles that they've had a little bit lately? Jensen Ackles is saying that he absolutely wants to play Batman in the upcoming Batman Brave and the Bold film. And Christopher Nolan is saying that early audiences for Oppenheimer are kind of calling it a horror film and are devastated when they come out of it. That and a whole bunch more of the John Campion Show podcast starts right now. With greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn move related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show podcast, coming to you from right here in our delightful little studio. I am, of course, your host, John Campion. Today's episode is, of course, brought to you in part by our friends at Mint Mobile. I'm joined in studio, of course, by Ray Ora. Hey, hey. Jonathan Voico. Hey, everybody. It is Wednesday, which means that's Chris Carr's days off. So she's not here today, but she'll be back again tomorrow. And uh, yeah, we got a lot of stuff to cover here today, guys. So let's not waste any time and just dive right into it, shall we? I'm going to start off with this. We made a, a video about this on our YouTube channel a little bit earlier. And for those of you who just listened to our podcast, we have a YouTube channel that we put up several short videos every day. We should go check that out. But Marvel apparently is not going to be attending, I almost said CinemaCon, Comic-Con, is not going to be attending Comic-Con's Hall H this year. Now, it should be mentioned that Marvel will have a presence at Comic-Con, but they are not doing their big Hall H presentation. And the reason they are not doing their big Hall H presentation has nothing to do with, you know, in, in years past, there's been some talk about maybe them peeling back a bit on doing Comic-Con because they're trying to push and promote their own D23 conferences and their own Star Wars celebration conferences and stuff like that. But uh, there is no D23 this year. And that's not the thing. Now, the Hollywood reported, reported, the Hollywood Reporter put it nicely by saying, Marvel has said in the past that they will only go to Comic-Con if they can actually deliver. And there's nothing to deliver. I mean, everything that's coming, it's already been announced right? And really more on top of that, and I mentioned this in the video earlier today, the real reason why Marvel, I believe, is not going to be at Comic-Con is not just that they don't really have much to announce. I mean, you could go out there and announce the cast for Fantastic Four, I guess, but but you can just do that in a press release any given morning. They're not going because I say this as a fan of the MCU, all right? The MCU is a mess right now. It's a total mess. You know, we took a little bit today, I mean, this release schedule, they've just gone through these massive, massive release schedules, almost all their films, including pushing back a full year, movies like Avengers Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars, got pushed back an entire year. Blade, who knows when Blade's going to happen? I mean, they pushed it all the way to 2025 now, but... I'll be honest with you, I'm starting to wonder if that movie's ever even going to happen. It was four years ago. Four years ago, they brought Mahershala Ali out on stage and announced that Blade was coming. By the time it comes out, it's going to be like six years from when they announced it. Uh, they, They had all these types of problems. The quality of their product has been up and down. Some very, very good things. Some very, very bad things. I mean, the state of that place is just a mess. And on top of all that, The guy 
this entire phase is supposed to revolve around Kang being played by Jonathan Majors. He's getting ready to start a criminal assault case trial that starts in August, and who knows how that's going to turn out. They may not even have a star. I don't think this whole multiverse saga thing has worked very well at all. They might be rethinking that whole thing. I mean, the basic bottom line is, why would you go to Hall H when your house is in a mess? And I think their house is in a mess right now. And speaking of house, it's it, it's just like a house. It's, you know, you live in it and it's great. But then after a while, something breaks down. But then like, it feels like everything the pipes is pipes are leaking, right? Everything is breaking down at the same time right now, which is trouble for most people. Like you can replace something, replace two things. But then when four or five things break down at the same time, you got to wait up, wait and put those things on hold and the take pipes are leaking. Yeah. The driveway is cracked. The garage spring is broken. There's a giant shit in the toilet that you can't get unclogged. The air conditioner is not working. That, and it's hot out, right? Yeah, 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 it's yeah. hot out. People are sweating. The fence in the backyard is breaking down. Every it's, it's, it's Tom Hanks's money pit. Yeah. That's, that's the, that's the state of Marvel. And again, I say this as an MCU fan. I am an MCU fan, but the the house of the MCU is a money pit right now, right, and they right. got to get things in order. And I'm not saying they can't get it in order. I trust Kevin Feige completely. I believe he will get this ship righted. Absolutely, I do. But right now, the ship is springing leaks all over the place, and why would you go and do a presentation at Hall H? It, it, it feels like they're saying, we need a year off to regroup. It really does feel like that. Right? Without, without saying it. Because, I mean, look, they launched Secret Invasion last night. And I thought it started strong. I, I think the first episode of Secret Invasion was actually quite good. I enjoyed it. And I can't wait to watch the rest of it. I, the script is really good. So whether or not they're going to be able to translate that, we'll see. And then they got the Marvels coming up. And and then you, then they got a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I kind of alluded to this earlier today, but there is nobody happier about this than James Gunn. Not because... He's glad the MCU is a mess. James Gunn is very close friends with Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige, James Gunn says, Kevin Feige was the first guy that Gunn called after he got the DC gig. So they're they're tight. They're close. They've worked very closely together over the years. James Gunn has a lot of friends over there. So I'm not saying he's thrilled and happy because Marvel's a mess. He's thrilled because this means if they do indeed go to Comic-Con, and I believe DC will go to Comic-Con, He's going to have the whole place to himself. Mm-hmm. When he gets on that stage, and by the way, this is me speculating. That there's been no reports about this, but when he gets on stage and announces the new Superman, the actor, and they bring out on stage the new Superman, there's no Marvel panel that's going to come out and drown that news out. And, and it reminds me of wrestling, like, like Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. There's a one and a two. Sometimes you need that one to take a year off or get injured and mm. then you become the main star like for at least a year and you build your brand when they're taking a break. That's that, that's what this reminds me of. Like the, uh, DC's always been number two. And even if they release movies at the same time, Marvel has that shine that always, you know. Yeah, kept even DC though they're in, the in a mess right now, they right, still right. have the shine. And you can see that from Quantumania and The Flash and things like that, the box office from those things. Um yeah, it's their time. It's James Gunn's time. If he wants to be by himself and like have the spotlight, there's no better time than right now. And I think this puts a little pressure on Gunn and Peter Safran to maybe... Like, I already think that they had big plans for Comic-Con. I think this pushes it up a notch. I think this 
should be a motivator to do even more at Comic-Con this year. Bring out and announce the new Batman. Like, that's if you have your new Batman, and I think they probably do. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But, you know, uh, talk about one or two of the other projects. Just talk about the development you've got going with the projects you have. I, I think there's a couple of big, big things they can do. They're going to own the entire news cycle. And this could be a great way to really be an, the unofficial start of the new James Gunn-led DCU. I'm going to ask you, um, do you think other than James Gunn thing will get Joker 2 or Batman 2 footage, anything? From those those properties, you know what Joker Joker Two has actually been filming for a while. Actually, but, they might even be done filming. But does it fit in Comic Con? Do you think? I think like so. Okay. I mean, because because it's the audience, right? The right, audience right, right. there with a. It's a very good. I hadn't even considered that. It's a very good possibility they could show a little bit of Joker footage. Yeah. I mean, one. It's early, but but why not? A again, with Marvel not doing a Hall H, mm -hmm. you've got the whole place to yourself. <laughs> Drop drop some bombs after bomb after <laughs> no. bomb. I don't want to hear that ever. <laughs> that, that doesn't work out so well for me. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to this here, shall we? Uh, you know what uh, superhero movie is not going to be talked about at Comic-Con this year? El Muerto. <laughs> According to reports, Sony has completely pulled El Muerto, the movie that was going to star Bad Bunny, uh, international megastar uh, Bad Bunny, uh, wrestling aficionado, yeah. Bad Bunny, off of the release calendar. Uh, this news came out a little bit earlier today. Sony did a little bit of reshuffling of some of their own titles. Not major moves, though, like moving one movie by a month, moving another movie about six weeks, whatever. But then there was El Muerto that was scheduled to come out in January of 2024. Now, we've known for a while it wasn't going to hit that release date. But instead of announcing it's now going to be January of 2025 or maybe December of 2024 or maybe June of 2025. They just pulled it off the release calendar altogether. It's just gone. And listen, I love the idea of them doing an El Muerto movie. And we, we talked about this a little bit earlier today on the YouTube channel. From the moment the president of Sony announced that they're doing this movie and we got all excited and says, and we found the perfect person to lead it, and they brought out Bad Bunny. And I remember I remember being critical of that at the time. Now, listen, not being critical of Bad Bunny, not at all. Bad Bunny clearly like is a huge megastar. My wife loves Bad Bunny. I think his music, even though I don't know a single thing that he's saying, I think his music is incredibly catchy. I love it when my wife puts it on in the car. All that kind of stuff. But there's just one little thing. Bad Bunny's not an actor. And I don't mind if you put big stars who are stars in other things and give them, you know, minor roles in something. That's fine. Supporting role here or there. But you're making this huge tentpole movie and you're going to put it on the shoulders of somebody who's never starred in a movie before? And, and I just, I think that was very, very questionable judgment on their part. Uh, can, can you at least see that this property is so unknown <laughs> that they need to put someone like Bad Bunny to actually get, get people to pay attention to it? People who don't normally watch Marvel, Sony stuff, maybe they'll look at it like the wrestling culture, the Lucha Libre culture. Oh, you know, and then put yeah, Bad Bunny. Here's, you know here's, what I mean? Here's I my I question. I agree. You Like, you get a guy like Bad Bunny who is maybe the biggest international music star in the world, right? That's going to get attention. All right. My question is, what good is getting attention to a project if the project's going to end up being subpar because you've got somebody who's not an actor in the lead? Yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, then you're you're kind of killing it at that point. Now, again, 
I've only seen Bad Bunny in Bullet Train, right? That's the only time I've seen Bad Bunny try to act. And there was really nothing in Bullet Train that I could judge good or bad. I mean, he didn't have a lot to do in it besides do some action stuff. But uh, I mean, I don't know. But look, with this, there are two possibilities I brought up earlier of what could happen here now with El Mirto. Number one is that they could announce sometime in a few months a new release date. Like, it could just be that they are so far behind on this movie. And remember, they announced it well over a year ago. It could be that they are so far behind. According to The Hollywood Reporter, they, they've done no casting. Um, El, uh, Bad Bunny himself said a few months ago when asked about the project, he said it was at a standstill. So it could be that they are just so far behind that even though they still are, are planning on doing the movie, that they're not ready to commit any kind of a date to it. But let me get through the second thing. The second possibility here is that like Lucasfilm's Rogue Squadron movie that got pulled from the calendar, it's just never going to be seen from again. Uh, I don't know which is which. The Hollywood Reporter story did not say that they are going to give it a new release date sometime in the future. They did not say that the movie is just completely done. All we know for certain is that Sony's just very quietly pulled it from the release calendar altogether. And now... I, I I don't I'm suspecting this movie doesn't happen at all at this point. Two things that had just recently happened, and I want to get your opinion on, is the two mystery dates that they uh, revealed, right? Right, that's right. Yeah, and also Tom Holland taking a year off. The interaction with El Muerte and Spider Man. What if there's some? Because he has a spinoff in the thumbnail I put in today. Spy, he's had Spider Man. It's Spider Man spinoff. Yeah. Do you think that may have? affected the release date like oh we don't know when tom's going to be back Let's, no we can't okay no because because okay. because because that would require now for those of you who don't know what ray's talking about when he says the two dates we talked the other day that sony just last week they announced two release date holds for what they call sony slash marvel uh events right so that could mean spider-man 4 that could mean venom 3 actually we all pretty much think one of those dates is venom 3 it could be something else entirely. The reason I don't think Tom Holland or, or Tom uh, Holland announcing that he was taking a year off had any impact on this, and by the way, he could be like four months into his hiatus, is that there's no script. Okay. For that's right. There's no script. Bad Bunny said himself, there's been the, the project's at a standstill. They don't have a cast, they don't have a script, they don't have anything. So they wouldn't even be ready to shoot this thing in more than a year anyway. So that's why I don't think the Tom Hall, and I don't think that they would put, if they're not putting Tom Hall and Spider-Man in Venom, and they're not putting Tom yeah, Hall and right. Spider-Man in right. Morbius, and they're not putting Tom Hall and Spider-Man in Craven that we know of, I, I don't see them dropping him in El Muerto. Because then, then it's not an El Muerto movie. Then it's a Spider-Man movie, right? <laughs> So it's a good question. I, I just think because of the status of things, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I, I haven't had a chance to ask Jonathan this yet because we've talked about this a little bit today. I see it as there being two options. Either the movie is going to get another release date announced sometime in the next few months or that the movie is now gone. If you had to put five bucks on it, what do you think? Which of those two options do you think it is? Gone. You think it's just dead? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's probably it. I need this movie now. Okay. And you want it, you said earlier that you, the only way you'll accept an El Muerto. Well, let me ask you this. What, what if the Sony president just woke up one day and said, wait a minute, oh my God, we cast somebody who's not an actor in the lead role of a giant tempo film. What, what if they came back in two months and said, okay, 
We now have a new lead uh, for, we're doing El Muerto, but we've got a new lead. And it's like a, a Latino actor with experience and has been, would you be okay with that? Or are you like firmly, it's got to be Bad Bunny? Now? I, I just like the idea of Bad Bunny. Like his enthusiasm for this uh, thing called wrestling is great. And I think yeah. it'll show on screen. Um, I, for, for me, in my opinion, this, I don't think this was supposed to be a tentpole movie. I, I mean, just think it was supposed to be a, a small like film where, but Bad Bunny will bring it money. It was, you know what I mean? It was releasing in January too. Yeah, I mean, it, it was just <laughs> but, one of those. But will Bad Bunny bring in money? I mean, I Bad, think he will. They put Bad Bunny. It's Bad good. Bunny's not in bullet, not in a lot of Bullet Train, but he's in a lot of the commercials and trailers of Bullet Train. Right. And that movie didn't make a ton of money. But you put a soundtrack by Bad Bunny, new music along with the film. An hour thirty minutes is all you need of Bad Bunny. <laughs> Like, uh, nothing longer than that. Just introduce his character. Make a little money. It's in a wrestling ring. No, no effects. Just physical, physical, practical. Tell you what, though. Unless this is the June 27, 2025, it was the untitled Sony Marvel live action that we talked about before. Right. And it got moved a year, year and a half. Yeah, other... so I... Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would love to see this movie, but I don't know. I will tell you this, though. My favorite, I, I have a very eclectic music taste. Like I like a lot of everything probably except country music. Uh, which No offense to people who do like country music, it's just not for me, that's all. My favorite band of all time is U2. But I'm going to tell you what. Oh, no. You put out a superhero movie starring Bono <laughs> with a full U2 soundtrack, I'm still not going to see that movie. Aww. And that's my favorite musician in the world. And I'm, I'm still not going to go see that. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Guys, question is for you. I'm going to ask you guys this. You know, where do you think this is going to fall? I, I mean, we is this movie going to come back or is it dead in the water? I guess the third option is it may be revived, but maybe with a different actor at this point. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm, I'd be curious to know how you guys see that. Now, listen, guys, we still have a number of things that we need to talk about here. We're going to talk about where does Pixar kind of go from here? Jensen Ackles really driving a stake in the ground saying he wants to play Batman. Christopher Nolan makes some big claims about audiences' reactions to Oppenheimer. But before we do, we're going to take a quick second here and thank one of the sponsors of today's episode of the John Campus Show podcast, our friends at Rocket Money. Guys, we want to thank a sponsor of this video, Rocket Money. The average person has around 12 paid subscriptions. Think about that. If you think you're only subscribed to a handful of services, you might want to double check. With Rocket Money, you can quickly identify and cancel all of your unwanted subscriptions. Rocket Money, formerly known as Truebill, is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitor your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money will quickly and easily identify your subscriptions for you so you can stop paying for the ones you don't want and don't even use. Simply find the subscription you don't want and press cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. No more long hold times with customer service or tedious emailing back and forth. Rocket Money makes canceling subscriptions as easy as the click of a button. My wife Ann and I moved out of Burbank two years ago and one of the first things I discovered when I loaded up Rocket Money was that I was still paying for a gym membership I haven't even been to in Burbank in two years. So stop throwing away your money. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to Rocket rocketmoney.com slash campia that's rocketmoney.com slash campia rocketmoney.com slash campia and thank you to our friends at rocket money for saving me money and for being a sponsor of today's episode of the john campia show podcast all right guys with that down let's get over this shall we 
You know, Pixar just put out a wonderful film, wonderful film with Elemental. It, it's not, not a top two or three greatest Pixar film of all time, but a really, truly charming, wonderful, endearing, heartwarming, funny film in Elemental. And it also flopped. It flopped hard. Only made it was the second smallest opening in the history of Pixar films at the box office. Only coming behind the very first Pixar feature film to be put out, 1995's The Original Toy Story. So not a good uh, lead out. That's coming on the heels of some struggles that they had with Lightyear. So where should they go? And that is the topic of today's Mint Mobile hotline question of the day. If you guys have a question you'd like to hear us address on the podcast or maybe in a standalone video on our YouTube channel, go ahead and call our hotline anytime 24-7 at 951-268-4259. And again, the question today is about where does Pixar go? Hey, John, this is Thomas from North Carolina. Huge fan of your show. I just want to ask that with the, with the recent flop Pixar had this past weekend with the release of Elemental, what do you think is the future of Pixar? Do you think that if both Elio and Inside Out 2, which are both being released in 2024, flop at the box office, Pixar start releasing all of their movies exclusively to streaming, or can they get their magic back and bring audiences back to theaters? Thanks, and bring on the filthy. All right, Thomas, thanks a lot for calling that in, man. So, yeah, what... The state that Pixar is in right now, this is really uncharted territory because for many years, Pixar was, uh, look, I, I've made the argument. They're not just the best animation studio in the business. They're the best studio in the business. I said that for years because for many, 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 many years, no studio would have the record that they had. Almost everything that they would put out was the top, 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 top. Many years, a Pixar film would end up being as the number one critically rated films of the year. Uh, they've had two of their films nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards, not just the little booby prize of Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards, actual Best Picture at the Academy Awards nominations for Up and Toy Story 3. They are the gold standard. But they're in a little bit of a weird spot right now. Lightyear was a subpar film. Started great, ended weak, ended up being, by Pixar standards, a subpar film. A lot of people had no idea what to to think about. There. It's like, it's is it a Toy Story movie? Is it not a Toy Story movie? Like all this kind of stuff. And now you got Elemental came out and fell flat on its face. So the question that Thomas is asking is, I don't know, maybe is Pixar, should Pixar just put all their films to streaming? Here's the problem. Putting their films to streaming is what's caused the mess that they're in right now. Now, we, we discussed this a little bit the other day, but it kind of is applicable here, too. When the pandemic happened, instead of having the bold leadership that Tom Cruise showed with Top Gun Maverick saying, no, 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 mm -hmm. we are not going to put this movie on streaming. We are going to sit on this movie until theaters open again, and then we will put this movie out in theaters. And it meant they had to sit for a long time. But instead of having that kind of bold courageous, ballsy leadership, Bob Chapek decided to mandate, eh, let's dump them on streaming. And not just with Pixar, with Disney Animation as well. I mean, Raya, they did, instead of giving it a proper theatrical release, they did the stupid day and date thing. And then movies like Soul, quite a good movie, just dumped straight to Disney+. Plus. Luca, which is a nice little film, not one of my favorite uh, animated films, but a nice little film. 
dumped it straight to streaming. Then one of the best animated films I've seen in years, other than anything called Spider-Verse, Turning Red. That movie is magnificent. It should have won Best Animated Feature at the Academy Awards, but I digress. Uh, dumped straight to streaming. And we talked about this the other day, that what Bob Chapek did was he changed the entire perception of Pixar with that. Pixar went over the course of three or four movies from being seen as true theatrical events. When a new Pixar movie came out, that was a, an event. That was a theatrical event. And over the course of a couple of years and three or four movies, Bob Chapek completely changed the perception of Pixar films to, oh, those are animations on TV. Those are TV cartoons. Not to mention Bob Chapek revealed his disdain for animation and his disrespect for animation with some other comments and quotes that he made, which we won't go into here. And basically the entire perception changed. And then they didn't help themselves when they did come back into theaters with Lightyear and they put a subpar film out with Lightyear. So now here comes Elemental. A film that is difficult to market anyway they didn't, they didn't do a fabulous job marketing this film, but it, it is a difficult film to market. Coming off of and fighting the perception that Pixar's are now just movies you just watch on TV. And then when they did have one back in theaters, it was a subpar film. It had a lot of ground to catch up. And it's unfortunate because the movie's really good. That being said, is the answer then just putting Pixar films on Disney Plus? That's the thing that caused the problem in the first place. Not to mention, as David Zaslav has pointed out and what you know, Bob Iger has started kind of acknowledging as well, there's no money to be made by dropping your movies on Disney+. Plus. You're just burning money by doing that. You need these movies in theaters making money so that when you do put them on Disney+, Plus, they're much more popular, they're much more well-known, and they'll have a lot more value on your streaming service than they would be than if you just dropped them on there in the first place. Now, you bring up a couple of other upcoming Pixar films. Elio and uh, Inside Out 2. Two very different movies. Elio is going to struggle because, I mean, I, I saw the trailer. It's cute. It's a cute trailer. Doesn't look like a theatrical event trailer. That, that I think Elio is going gonna, is gonna to struggle. I think that one's going to struggle at the box office. Inside Out 2 will not struggle at the box office. Inside Out 2 will be a hit. It's not going to be a billion-dollar film, don't get me wrong. Maybe not even $800 million, but it's it's going to be a hit. It's going to do well. The first one's magnificent, incredible voice cast, all that kind of stuff. Inside Out 2 will be a hit. Elio's, I think, is going to struggle. That's a difficult one to market. I just watched, again, I'm watching the trailer. I thought, how do you market this thing? I'm not really sure. So, yeah, is the answer dump them all on streaming? That's the thing that caused your problem. Uh, and it is a problem in and of itself. And if you are going to do that, eventually Pixar just closes because there's no money to be made. So that's kind of my take on that. All right. With that down, guys, let's talk about this, shall we? One of my favorite dudes in the business, Jensen Ackles. Not only is he Dean Winchester in one of my most beloved shows, Supernatural, for so many years, he's now Soldier Boy in The Boys. He was magnificent in that show last year, and he has already hinted that Soldier Boy is going to be back. How much in the new season it will or will not be, I'm not really sure. But bottom line is, I love Jensen Ackles. He, this guy's great. And he's got a good history of a lot of voice acting as well, including in the Batman universe, a lot of stuff like that. Well, 
We know James Gunn has a brand new Batman movie coming, Batman Bold and the Brave. And while talking at a convention, somebody asked Jensen Ackles about if he is in the running to be the new Batman. Jensen Ackles has made comments before that he'd be very interested in playing the new Batman. And uh, this is what we got from the folks over at Deadline. They wrote this. Fans of the superhero genre have thrown out names for who they want to be the next Bruce Wayne, uh, who they want the next Bruce Wayne to be. And Supernatural alum Jensen Ackles recently addressed rumors that he was up for the role. Um, I don't know. Even if I knew, I wouldn't tell you, Ackles said at the Just In Bello convention in Italy. I mean, could I do it? Sure. Would I want to do it? Yes. I love this line. Jensen Ackles joked that Peter Pascal would probably get the part. Because remember, Jensen mm -hmm. Ackles wanted the role mm -hmm. of Joel in The Last of Us. So he says, Ackles joked that Peter Pascal would probably be getting the role, adding, I, will I be mad when Peter Pascal gets it? Yeah. God bless you, Pedro. You just keep killing it, buddy. Let me know when you pass on something. <laughs> I love that line. But anyway, this is where it gets really interesting. He continued... Look, right now, nobody's talking about anything. There's a strike going on in the entertainment industry. And until that gets solved, nobody is having conversations about anything. Would I entertain the idea of playing my favorite superhero of all time? Nah, I'm good. It seems like it'd be a lot of work, you know? You got to put in a bat suit and be a superhero. I would love it. Sign me up. All right. This is an interesting thing to me about actors and fit and all that kind of stuff. I love Jensen Ackles. I, I, I think he's really great. But and see if you can pull up a picture of Jensen Ackles there because he's just gave some people may not watch Supernatural and know what we're talking about. But I don't know. As much as I love him, I'm not really sure if he would be a good fit to play Batman. I, I think there's a lot of actors I can look at and think, yeah, I could see that being a, a version of Batman and that guy could play a certain version of Batman. But I just don't know if Jensen Ackles is one of those guys. I don't know that I look at him and I see Batman, especially now that he's been Soldier Boy. I mean, not that playing a role disqualifies you from playing another role in a, in a superhero genre. Obviously not. I, I just, I don't know if I can see it. But because I like him so much and I do think he's super gifted and super talented, if they announced tomorrow or at Comic-Con, and Hall H is James Gunn's out there saying, ladies and gentlemen, James Gunn comes out and says, your new Batman, Jensen Ackles, will I be upset? Absolutely not. I'll be, I'll be thrilled. I'm just saying if James, if I was James Gunn's consigliere here, I don't know that I would recommend that, that he do that. I, I would have no complaints if he was, uh, you know, cast as Batman, but he, he's, he'll be a good Batman, but somewhere, but we don't know what James Gunn's theme or like his new DCU is going to look like or feel I, like. Yeah. 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 I think Jensen would be a great, like if you had a more serious tone, I think like that's big, just because man, his voice and all that stuff, he seems like a, that would be a great Batman role for him. But if James Gunn goes a little young and like, you know, colorful and things like that with all his, his new DCU universe, I'm not sure if that would be a, a great. Now, now remember in, in Batman brave and the bull, Batman has a son. Right. A young Robin, right. the Damian Wayne. So you don't want your Batman being too young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. And Jensen is now in his 40s. Right. So that that might be the right age. And, and, and everything I'm basing this off of is the Batman uh, Brave and the Bold cartoon, which I watched. So it was a little, it was a little, 
different from the animated series. It was le- it was more lighter in tone. Do you think? Do either of you guys think? And th- this is a <laughs> wild spitball here. Do either of you guys think that Ben Affleck could be Batman? I mean, he's the right age. If you're going to have a, a, a Damien, he's going to find out he's got a Damian Wayne son and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. Like I, I know. Look. I do not think that's going to be the there case. There would be but, a lot of <laughs> you kept Ben, but there's a. But you didn't keep him. <laughs> I mean, listen. A lot of people are saying James Gunn announced he's going to be. You know what? I I think forget everything that has been said. I think James Gunn is angling to do pretty, very, very close to a hard reboot of the universe. So yeah, I do not yeah, think yeah, you're going to see. I don't think you're going to see Ezra anymore. I don't think you're going to see Jason Momoa as Aquaman anymore after Aquaman Two comes out. I don't think you're. Obviously, we're not going to see Henry anymore. We're not going to see Ben Affleck anymore. But I'm just, you yeah. know, when I was describing, remember this Batman's a little bit older. He's got a son. He finds out about. I don't know. Just the be point, interesting and, thing. And the most important thing is for me, at least, I'm very excited. I I want to see what this looks like now, like tomorrow. Because James Gunn, he left he left on a good note with Marvel. Yeah, I love that movie. Super high note with Guardians yeah. Three. So, man, I'm so excited. I yeah. mean, I can't believe he's gonna take over this whole thing. All right, with that down, guys, let's get on to one more topic here before we go and take questions from our YouTube channel members. Uh, one of the more highly anticipated films over the next couple of months coming out is Oppenheimer, the new Christopher Nolan film. Whenever Christopher Nolan has a movie coming out. That's that's something to mark on your calendars. Your calendar, Ray. Ray I thought, saw it last night. Ray thought it was coming out Obviously. last night. It was really good, actually. <laughs> it was so good. So he's got a new movie coming out. It looks amazing. They showed us a big preview for it at CinemaCon. The trailers have been out. People are loving the trailers. Matt Damon looks fantastic in it. Killian Murphy looks fantastic in it. Well, Christopher Nolan has apparently... Remember, I've told you guys before, whenever you hear... Test audiences, it's always a lie. Always a lie, unless it's the studio or the filmmakers themselves talking about it. Whenever you hear reports, well, did you hear there were test audiences of this movie and and everybody threw up? (laughs) Yeah, those are lies. Always ignore those stories. They're always lies. Unless it comes from the filmmakers. Well, Christopher Nolan is now talking about some test audiences he's watched Oppenheimer with, and he's using some pretty interesting language. This comes to us from Variety. This is Christopher Nolan speaking when he says, some people leave the movie absolutely devastated, Nolan said about early screenings. They can't speak. I mean, there's an element of fear that's there in the history and there in the underpinnings. But the love of the characters, the love of the relationships is as strong as I've ever done. Nolan later added, it is an intense experience because it's an intense story. I showed it to a filmmaker recently who said it's kind of a horror movie. And I don't disagree. So, I mean, we're hearing things like audiences are leaving devastated, unable to speak. Some people kind of liking it onto a horror movie. And I'm like, what kind of experience is Christopher Nolan delivering on this? Like, I know you've been excited about this movie. You even thought it was coming out a month earlier yeah. than it was. Well, I'm, hearing this makes me absolutely wanting that this, to see this movie. I mean, imagine if Barbie got the same reactions too. Devastated, you know? devastating, speak. basically like, a horror movie. Horror movie. <laughs> no, but I, I, I was, I was already excited for this movie. I can't wait. And, and mean, don't forget like Oppenheimer to your point about bringing up Barbie. It, it's opening on the same weekend as Barbie. And the projections are saying that Barbie's going to open bigger than Oppenheimer. Mm-hmm. Not that it'll be a better movie necessarily, but it's it's it, kind of interesting. It does really uh, concrete the order I would want to watch things now. <laughs> Oppenheimer first, then Barbie. 
second. Ten on a little bit of a, of a higher note. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be doing a doubleheader on this one. Anyway, love hearing this stuff. All right, guys. With that stuff all down, let's now go over and take questions from our YouTube channel members. For those of you who listen to our podcast, we have a YouTube channel, and over there we have some great supportive people who help support our channel by becoming channel members. And we ask them every day if they have any topics or questions they'd like us to address here on the show. So let's get over and do that right now. So, Jonathan, what do we got? All right, first up, we got Red One Real Talk who says, have you ever wanted a movie to be good and yet it disappoints you? Well, yeah. The Ridley all Scott the time. And, yeah. Ridley Scott and Russell Crowe Robin Hood film always stands out for me. I fell asleep seeing it as a teenager in theaters, and every time I try to go back to it, despite my best efforts, I end up dozing off again. This film will forever be my white whale. I mean, listen, I go into every movie want, wanting to enjoy every movie I watch, right? And, I mean, disappointment is a part of being a film fan. But sometimes there are movies that you really hope you love that really punch you in the ball sack, I mean, uh, I, I think of The Rise of Skywalker. I think of uh, Gangster Squad. Oh, oh God. Yeah. That one I thought was going to be a Best Picture contender. Oh, that thought, trailer was amazing. Um, the trailers were fantastic. Yeah. Uh, one of the great filmmakers today, Ron Howard, did that freaking Moby Dick movie with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. I thought that looked incredible. Tom Holland's in that, too. I didn't think I thought, that one was bad. <laughs> I, thought, uh, I thought it was pretty bad. Uh. Um, but, man, the Robin Hood movie... Oh, I almost said Orson Welles. Russell Crowe is pretty much my favorite actor. I think he's the best actor in the world, actually. And I can say that now that, uh, you know, the, the greatest of all time, the goat of goats is now retired. I think Russell Crowe is, is the best actor working today. And when you had a movie called Robin Hood, which I love the tale of Robin Hood, and the setting of Robin Hood, the context of Robin Hood, you had Russell Crowe starring in Robin Hood being directed by Ridley Scott. Right. I mean, come on. Those two together made Gladiator won Oscars. Oscars and Oscars and Oscars. That movie was terrible. That Robin Hood movie was pure, straight-up garbage. How'd you guys like that Robin Hood with Egerton in? I never saw that one. Oh, Taren and Jamie Foxx? Taron Egerton, yeah. I think yeah, and Jamie Foxx Fox was, was in it, too. I It's a forgettable movie. It yeah. wasn't bad. I didn't think it was terrible, but it was forgettable. I never went back to watch it again. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you still got look, people make fun of it all the time, and I understand why. But I still love that um, Kevin Costner Robin Hood. I know it, I, it's just a cult classic. It's just a, it's just a classic. Morgan Freeman, you know. Um, anyway, you my room eight. You my room eight thirty, <laughs> and bring a friend. I mean, it's just like one of the great. I love that movie. I don't care, but that one was terrible. All right, what's next? All right. Uh, Ulatan, over 20%, Rhodey is a scroll and secret invasion. I'm going to go under on that one. Um, if for any reason, any other reason, the fact that there's literally a scene in the in the trailers where he's sitting down with the leader of the scrolls and he goes to make a move and then all these other scrolls, it turns out everybody else in the room is a scroll too and stands up. That's been in the trailer. So I'm going to go, I'm not going to say it's zero. I'm not going to say it's 0%, but I'll, because of that in the trailers, I'm going to take under 20%. All right, what's next? All right. Uh, Dildar4732 writes, it's game day, game quite day. literally as the digital version of Final Fantasy 16 is playable later tonight at 8 p.m. And I just got my pre-order and I played the demo and it's incredible. I'm so excited. Hope you guys get a chance to play. I've never really gotten into Final Fantasies. I used to love playing the Final Fantasy games, <laughs> but they've changed the the mechanics of it. Like it used to be a, a turn-based Yeah, I, I was always I, bad at those games. I, I love those 
and they turned it more into a first-person combat yeah. thing. And I, I'm not interested in that. I, I'm interested in going back and playing Final Fantasy VII. And there, there's talks about them now thinking about remastering and redoing Final Fantasy VI. I mean, I'd be more interested in that personally, just because I love the the mechanics of the of combat. Let's Co hope he enjoys combat. it, though. Yeah. yeah, I hope you love it. All right, what's next? All right, Doctor Stinky. Uh, hey. Uh or hey again, I saw the first episode of Black Mirror, and wow, what a fun comedic weird ride! It was fun, but also a little too much. Anyway, bring on the filthy. Yeah, I don't. I've I've never watched Black Mirror. <laughs> I've seen one episode of Black Mirror ever, uh, and that was the one with uh, I forget the girl's name again. The one from the Terminate, the last Terminator movie. Mm. Um, uh, uh, Mackenzie. Mackenzie, thank you. Something Mackenzie. Uh, yeah, something or Mackenzie yeah. something. Yeah. Um, I, the one with her. That's the one I saw. Mackenzie I liked Davis? it. Mackenzie Davis. So. That's exactly what it is. I saw the one with her. I like that one. It was good, but I've never seen any other episodes, so I, I can't comment on it. All right, what's next? Okay. Uh, Rampage Predacon writes, with the Hulk distribution rights going back to Marvel, did Marvel get the distribution rights to Namor as well? I'm, I I don't know where this thing's going people around. People keep that. saying that. People keep saying that, yeah, but I, it's, too. I, I think somebody made Namor. that up. I, I, I do not know that that's the case. I, I <laughs> Why mean, would it just go back to them? People have been saying for years... That, oh, the rights for Hulk have gone back to thing. And it turns out they didn't. And then they said it a year later, hey, the, the rights of the Hulk have come back. And they didn't. So I have seen nothing official. I'm not saying it's, I am not telling you right now, don't believe it because I don't know. All I'm telling you is that I have seen nothing. Doesn't it seem like that would be credible? Trades? Yeah, I've seen nothing credible or official. It might be out there. Maybe I just haven't seen it yet. That's, <laughs> I, no, that's possible. Yeah. I'm just saying I have seen nothing truly credible or official that that's the case. So, yeah. There's and that. unfortunately, as cool as the news would be, I don't think Marvel needs any more properties right now. They're yeah. struggling with what they have right now. Yeah. I, I, I Like, even if it was true, forgive me if I don't get excited about Hawaiian shirt family picnic attending Hulk right now. I mean. That's... People can't change, John? <laughs> they did change. They changed him from a real Hulk into Hawaiian shirt Hulk. Be a real Hulk. Yeah. <sighs> Family Picnic Hulk. All right, what's next? Uh, we got, sorry, Dr. Stinky here. Hey, John and crew, I saw Secret Invasion. Well, I liked it. It's not the best Marvel Disney Plus TV show, but it's good. Uh, it was kind of dull at first, but the ending was wild. Bring on the filthy. I did not think it was dull at first. I, again, but that's me because, again, I'm a sucker for the political intrigue, espionage kind of stuff, like <coughs> the paranoid whatever, I really like that type of stuff. And I like that Marvel continues to try to make different kinds of content. And so I liked it a lot. I agree with you, not the best thing Marvel's put out, but considering they've put out some real crap, I'm, I'm, I'll take good. I'll take good. I'll take that right now. So here's hoping it continues with that and doesn't become the latest Disney Plus show that starts great with a great first episode and then goes downhill. So we'll see. All right, what's next? All right, King Tannic is back. Hey, King Tannic. Uh, thoughts on the Secret Invasion intro being made by AI? For me, I get the intention of trying to make the audience feel something is off, an allegory for the show itself, but a lot of people hate it. I didn't know they made it with AI. Is he talking about, like, the credit intro? Yeah, I'm thinking. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I liked the credit intro because it was so different from mm. the way their their intros usually are. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I had no idea it was done with AI, anything like that. I don't even know if that's true or not. Mm -hmm. I just know I was watching the intro. I thought, this is a real departure from the way mm. they usually do their intros. And just because of that, I kind of enjoyed it. It reminded me a little bit of a Netflix show intro a bit, to be honest with you. But I didn't mind it, to be honest with you. All right, what's next? Uh, from Is Kane. 
John, you got me hooked on the FX series from. Nice. The, the second season has been amazing. The season finale is this weekend or this weekend. Have you been watching? Is it next on your list? I loved season one of From. I want to watch that so bad. Full disclosure, full disclosure. Um, I only even heard about From because the studio behind it literally paid me $15,000 to promote it on my Twitter. And, and when I did, I always say, this is sponsored, blah, blah, blah. But I, I did that on my Twitter and they paid me money. But I legitimately loved the season. I thought it was great. I have not started watching the second season yet. I've been waiting for it to finish its run. I'm going to get on that as soon as it's, the finale is done so I can just kind of breeze through those. But I really do like the show. It's, it's quite good. You guys should check it out if you get a chance. All right, what's next? All right, Bright Guy writes, best composer, I'm assuming film composer of all time, either Zimmer or Giacchino for me. It's not even close. It's John Williams. It's not even remotely close. Every memorable movie theme, you can walk into a non into a cafeteria, average cafeteria, not necessarily movie fans, and you go, bum, 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 bum. Everybody in that room is going to say, uh, you know, Indiana Jones. You go into that same room, not even full of movie fans, just go, bum, 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 bum. Everybody's going to know. That's Superman. You walk in that same room, bum, 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 bum. Oh, Harry Potter. Everybody knows that. You go to any room and go, bum, 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 bum. Everybody's Jurassic Park instantly. And we haven't even talked about Star Wars yet. It's easily by miles John Williams. He might be 15 years old and I had didn't didn't even listen at that. I, I agree with his choices. I like Zimmer more than Giacchino, though. I, I tell you what, G. Kino's, he's developing very nicely. No, no, no. What, and what by the way, he's great. directing now. He directed that freaking uh, the Werewolf by Night mm. special on, on Disney+. Plus. So he's actually transitioning to becoming a director as well. Listen, Zimmer is fantastic. Right. I love him. Uh, Shore, absolutely fantastic. All Many, many, many names. Uh, like uh, Newman, fantastic, classic, all-time greats. But nobody comes remotely close to John Williams. Even like, that Ludwig, even Ludwig guy, whatever his Ludwig, name is. Uh, Gustafsson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's good too. Um, or Gorgensen. Gorg- yes, I always, one of those. Gustafsson is the MMA yeah, fighter. Yeah. Story. <laughs> um, yeah, Ludwig is turning out to be great too, but if we're talking all-time great. Oh, yeah, well. Like how many Oscar nominations does John Williams have? I don't know. I 375 or yeah, like some like ridiculous that. number. We haven't even talked about Jaws or the music <laughs> to E.T. or the music to Close Encounters or the music to, like it's just his music starts to define entire generations. It's just, again, it's just another level than anybody else has ever been. He is the Bret Hart of music compositions. He's the best there is, the best there was, the best there will ever be. So uh, that's just John Williams. All right, what's next? All right. Uh, Matija says, hello, John. I've seen that Jensen Ackles has been asked if he would uh, want to be DCU Batman. Haven't heard of that. Huh? Yeah. (laughs) Now, do you think this is a good idea? Uh, Love uh, all you do. Bring on Filthy. Yeah, like we mentioned... if, if I was James Gunn's conciliary, I would say no, even though I love Jensen Ackles. I just don't see him as Batman. But again, if Comic-Con happens and James Gunn says, ladies and gentlemen, you new Batman, Jensen Ackles, I'll be happy because I love the guy. So that's kind of how I feel about it. All right, what's next? Joy Joy Hawkins writes, or Joe Joy Hawkins writes, uh, hey, John and crew, why do you all think Bat Keaton knew? Can't can't talk about uh, that. Okay. Well. Well. Sorry. <laughs> what's next? Uh, Oh, got to scroll down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Rihanna Gordon writes, would you rather be a firebender, waterbender, airbender, earthbender, or nonbender, or the avatar? <laughs> Who would want to be a nonbender? That was fun to read. 
Uh, firebender. Explain to me what Earthbender does. It, it's, it's exactly Literally what it Earth, ground, yeah, rock, ground. stuff like that. Yep. I'll do Earth. I don't I know mean, why. Hey, man, listen. Um, they, are, they are one of the most powerful characters in in Avatar as an Earthbender. But I, if I could only pick one, I mean, obviously, I'd be an Avatar where I could bend all the elements. Mm -hmm. But Firebender. Mm -hmm. uh, firebender is just, I still think, the coolest one. Even though you can hurt yourself, I would be a Firebender. All right, what's next? All right, we got um, where CJ Rebirth. Have you guys seen DreamWorks' Captain Underpants movie? I loved reading the book series. It's based on as a kid, and I think it's one of their underrated films. I've never Ed seen Ed Helms, Kevin Hart. I think it was Kevin Hart that was that did the voice in there, Ed Helms. I didn't I didn't like it. I've always wanted to see it, to be honest. You never I I, I wanted to like it. I it had a few cute moments. To be honest, but I, I I didn't love it. To be honest with you, the characters just look funny to me. That's what. Oh sure, I mean the animation yeah. style is very yeah, very very stylized. Yes, but yeah, I just it didn't quite work for me. It wasn't it wasn't as funny as I was wanting it to be. But that's just me. All right, what's next? All right, Cody Hunt writes. Uh, Did you happen to read the full account by Major's lawyer in his case? Thought it was interesting. I well, I, I don't know what you define as full account. I've read a lot of now. Of course, um, Major's lawyer is completely one-sided and telling things a certain way from a certain point of view. It's, it's hard to say because if you believe the statements put out by Jonathan Majors' lawyer, Priya, I think is her name, going right back to like the day after he was arrested, Majors' lawyer made it sound like she had mountains of evidence that clearly, clearly showed that Jonathan Majors did no wrongdoing and that she would be presenting this clear mountain of indisputable evidence to the DA and the DA would instantly, you know, throw away any charges. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't happen. The charges, so again, that is not me saying that is any indication of Jonathan Majors' innocence or guilt. I, I have no dog in this fight. I have no idea. I'm not there. I haven't seen all the evidence. All I'm saying is, is that this lawyer's done a lot of talking. And every time the lawyer talks, the actual events that unfold seem to contradict what the lawyer has said. Because we're in a situation now where in August, a criminal assault trial is happening on and DAs do not like taking to trial cases they don't think they can win. Obviously, they, have, they do cases that they sometimes don't win, but they do not like taking cases in there that they don't think they can win. Because that, that's a blemish on their record. That looks bad. They wasted taxpayer dollars, all that kind of stuff. And all I know is that if you had such irrefutable mountains and rivers of evidence that clearly showed you, then the DA would have thrown the charges out. Or you would have been able to bring a motion to dismiss to the court because if it's something that's clearly obvious they didn't do, you can just bring a motion to dismiss to the judge and the judge can just throw the damn thing out. But here we are, made his first court appearance. They've set the trial date. And so I, I don't know what to think of Jonathan Major's <laughs> lawyer. I just don't know if I take anything she says very seriously right now. You might now. need a lawbender. <laughs> a law I have a lawbender. Oh, oh, law. Trial bender. <laughs> I got, law got more. Bender. Come on, All right. What's next? <laughs> Jesse has a turtle asks, uh, how are sales projections for films calculated? Oh, I, I don't know where they get that sorcery. They they do extensive studies. They put out 
they put out uh, private polls. They do all this. They they measure uh, social media reactions. Like there's a whole kind of alchemy involved in that. And I remember when I was at AMC Theaters, um, one of their vice presidents there, a really really interesting guy, who's kind of their head of acquisition, and it was his job to watch movies way before any of us do, and kind of. It was his job in his department to gauge what they think that movie's going to make in in um, in box office and all that kind of stuff. And it, it was a calculations alchemy that I would never understand. So I, I I'm not the right guy to answer that. And obviously they they have to include the pre ticket sales now too. That goes. Oh no no no, no no! These are done way before ticket oh, sales are done. Okay. Like way before that. Okay. You know, like he's like the estimations. Like oh. it's estimated to do like uh, sixty million this weekend or whatever. Yeah. You know. And so pre ticket sales don't affect that estimation at all. But pre-tickets don't aren't on sale when those est- oh, when the okay. when the early estimates are okay, done. Those no. are done like long before the movies ever get anywhere near the theaters. Oh, okay. All right. What's next? All right. Uh, Zehos uh, writes, "Hey all, I saw the Flash last night and enjoyed it quite a bit. It's dumb, silly, fun uh, movie, and I would definitely uh, rewatch it for a good time. I will now go watch the Flash open discussion. I love you, crew, and chat." <laughs> I love the movie. I, I, I am unabashedly, I love this movie, despite the fact that I think Ezra's a clown yeah. and despite the fact that Ezra should never play Flash again and despite the fact that, you know, what, all the other stuff that going, I don't care, and the, the fact that it's flopping, don't care. I love the movie. I think it's wonderful. It Does it have its issues? Absolutely <laughs> has its issues. But uh, overall, at the end of the day, I thought it was a really entertaining, fun movie to watch. And I'll watch it probably two or three more times in theaters before it's done. All right, what's next? All right, we've got uh, the the People's Champ. Any updates on the Toxic Avenger movie starring Peter Dinklage? No, that's been floating around for years. I don't know if they shot it. Now it's just sitting in post-production hell. I don't know if they never got around to it. I, I honestly don't know anything about it. All the, the fact, I feel like the Peter Dinklage edition was years ago yeah. at this point. So I honestly have not heard hide nor hair about that. It's an interesting question. All right, what's next? Uh, the Everything Entertainment uh, writes. Can you scroll lo- that up a bit? Oh, yeah. Uh, not really, because it's at the bottom. Okay, no problem. I'll just, I'll just take my picture off. Um, that didn't help. Okay, yeah, here we go. Every, yeah, my local Cinemark held a fan screening of Joyride yesterday. And all day today at work, I've been randomly getting fits of laughter remembering the hotel scene and K pop scene. Probably one of the best comedies since 40 Year Old Virgin. Listen, I'm I'm so glad you said it because we heard about this movie. Uh, what's it called? Joyride. Yeah, coming out of South by Southwest, and the people who saw it at South by Southwest were losing their minds. Four Asian girls, Seth Rogen producing, and out of South by Southwest. People were freaking out over how hilarious this little this little low budget comedy was. So they decided to bring it to CinemaCon, and they played it for us at CinemaCon last month. I have not laughed. Look, I don't want to oversell it because comedy is the most subjective thing in the world. They a comedy can be on screen; it can make you laugh your guts out, and the next person is sitting next to you may not laugh at all. So I don't know what your experience with this movie will be like. I can only tell you mine. I haven't laughed like that since 40-Year-Old Virgin. I have not. I, I. It might be a top 10 best comedy I've ever seen. In terms of, not in terms of storytelling and narrative, but in terms of pure joy and laughter. I was ridiculously entertained by this movie. And they, 
And you know me, I love filthy. And they, my friends, they bring the filthy in this movie. They <laughs> completely bring the filthy in this movie. But I, I laughed to the point that I almost thought I was going to be sick. And then Rob was sitting behind me. We were watching this. And I, I've never, I've sat in a number of comedies with Rob. And I've never heard Rob laugh that hard. Like, and even when the movie was over, when the movie was over and we still sat there for about 30 to 45 seconds as the credits rolled, as I turned around to look at Rob after that, his face was still beat red. You could still see some tears in his eyes from laughing so hard. My wife, Anne, she said it might be her favorite comedy of all time. Wow. Ray, you were there. What, what yeah, did you I think? I fell asleep, so it didn't matter. <laughs> you fell asleep? No, 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 no. Dude, it's really good. Anybody. Anybody who likes comedy, this is the one you don't miss. Yeah, and, and again, over. listen, I, I I feel weird about saying, because again, nothing is more subjective than comedy. You may watch it and not laugh once. Yeah. I, I, I can't predict that. I can only tell you my experience. And the 5,000 people who were in that theater watching it, that was one of the most loudest laughing theaters I've ever heard ever. And I'm not going to lie, I kind of have the hots for that the lead lady. Whatever her name is. That was my first introduction to her. Because she was in something else. Everything Always? What? The no, lead? no, no. Well, what? the the shorter girl. The the lead, the, the, the main. The one with the tattoo. She's from Everything Ever All At Once. The that's, lead girl who turns out being yeah. a different. Yeah, right. yeah. That That's not I'm the not, Everything Ever All At Once girl. I'm talking about the Everything All, all At Once girl. Oh, you're talking about that girl? Yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, she's great. She was also in Shang-Chi. She's kind of blowing up right now a lot. I, I mean, listen. The movie is great. It's a little low budget, just brilliant comedy. It's so funny, and I cannot wait for you guys to watch it. And uh, with that down, guys, clock's up. That'll do it for today's installment of the John Campy Show podcast. Thank you so much, guys, for being here, making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all of our channel members who sent in those topics and questions. And uh, thank you to you guys for checking this out. I want to remind you, if you guys are listening to this on the YouTube channel, the better listening experience is by subscribing to this podcast on your favorite podcasting app of choice, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And by the way, if you subscribe to it on Spotify, there's also a video version where you can watch or listen to it on Spotify, but it's also available on whatever your favorite podcasting app of choice is. Also, if you are listening to the podcast, don't forget, we also have a YouTube channel. We put up several short videos every day and we do a live stream every day called Open Mic, which I'm thinking about changing the title of it. Uh, I, I'm wrestling with that, but I'll, I'll let you guys know about that. And so make sure you also go and subscribe to our YouTube channel. So for myself, the great chef pleasures himself, Ray Horror. Oh, the great. Jonathan Voico. Just okay. my name, just, the, just the average Jonathan Voico, you know, in between making Batman movies. My name's John Campia. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>